think what's really helped me is absolutely there is no end to the education. And so I loved in your intro that you mentioned all of my certifications because it's important to me and it, it is important to my clients. Uh, they just don't know it, perhaps. You're listening to The Business of Thought Leadership with Nikki Ballou and Michael Palmer. Welcome to another exciting episode of the podcast, The Business of Thought Leadership. I'm your co-host, Nikki Ballou. And I'm that other co-host, Michael Palmer. And boy, Michael, do we have an awesome episode lined up today. Our guest is none other than the one the only, the legendary Kelly Lee Bennett. Kelly Lee Bennett is one of the top 1% of coaches in the entire world. She has got more certifications and accreditations than you can shake a stick at. She is the star of the upcoming movie, Becoming the Keys, featuring Don Miguel Ruiz, as well as the legendary Brian Tracy. Welcome to the show, Kelly Lee. <laughs> Hi, Nikki. It's so great to hear your voice. And um, I have to say I'm blushing, but thank you so much for such a lovely uh, intro. My pleasure. My pleasure. So you and I met about a year ago at this time, actually. We were both attending one of Brendan Bouchard's events in California, and I was just so impressed with your energy, your knowledge, and the confidence with which you carried yourself. I would say that you are truly the epitome of a thought leader. And one of the things we like to start off every episode with is we ask our guest, you know, what is your backstory? What had you become the success that you are in your field? And what had you be so successful at making it commercial? Our listener wants to know. Oh boy, Nikki, that's a big question. You know, and it's so curious because actually in the upcoming movie, Becoming the Keys, uh, I get to tell a bit of this story. But really, you know, I've been a coach and I'm an executive coach and a life coach. And I also have a coaching school to certify other coaches as well for 20 years. And it certainly wasn't pretty along the way. <laughs> Lots of uh, blood, sweat and tears, as we say. But really, my story is a story of overcoming compounding crisis, and I mean real crisis. I mean, I mean, insane things have happened to me over my lifetime, not just in the corporate world, but I mean, I had very early success. I, at the age of 28, I was a VP of a multinational organization in the corporate world, responsible for $600 million worth of business. And as a woman in oil and gas, that's not an easy task, I will say. But I also had many crazy things that were sort of out of my control that happened to me. You know, I mean, I can talk about them if you like, but um, I mean, life crisis. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Life, we want to know. Yes. Yeah, so there was, you know, there was murder. There was rape. There was kidnapping. There was almost going to jail with the IRS involving a partner and a sickness and of course, with that panic of almost, you know, I'm Canadian living in the U.S. And, um, you know, you never want to mess with the IRS or Revenue Canada. That wasn't pretty and really out of my control. I mean, certainly over the years I've worked with and been coached on myself. You know, we all can be guilty of creating crisis in our life. 
But some of these things were really, truly out of my control. And so, you know, many people would have ended up <laughs> perhaps folding, absolutely coming apart at the seams or on heavy medication or, you know, in a psych ward or whatever. It's part of the healing. But I was able, being a coach, I believe, to overcome that with the circle of my network. And there's nothing like the strength of who you surround yourself with. And that has been a huge lesson for me and certainly what has kept my head above water. Not that I didn't dip under a couple of times during, you know, the, I'd say the 20, 25 years uh, up until this point. But I do believe that all of that serves me, serves me and my clients so well in that, you know, I, I really get it and I really can feel and empathize with whatever pain, and pain is relative, it is not a competition, whether it's one divorce, of course, I've gone through a couple of divorces as well along the way. Um, so whether it's a divorce, whether it's a death in the family, whether it's a sickness, whether it's losing your company, whether it's, um, you know, an addiction, I, I, I've, I've almost actually, I would say, I've just thought of this at the moment, is that I've almost become a bit of a crisis coach in that I mostly work with, you know, C-suite executives um, in my executive coaching practice. And I would say I deal with executives that are going through a lot in their life and trying to pretend that they are still the white knight on the horse. And mm. I can be living proof <laughs> that that is not going to last long and you will fall on your face and it won't be pretty. And you'll probably take others down with you in particular, the ones that you love. But basically my story, I believe is a story of overcoming compounding crisis over 20 years and living all over the world. I've li lived in Dubai for seven years. I've lived in Paris. I lived in Houston, lived in West Palm beach, Florida, and, and now back in Canada in Calgary, but soon to be Kelowna, just building a house there now on the lake. And I can't wait for that to be finished and travel internationally constantly. So I've dealt with many cultures and I continue to deal with many cultures. And I, and I love that. I love the diversity of that. And that's kind of how I've arrived to be where I'm at just now. And, uh, and my business has never been stronger. I am absolutely at the top of my game in my life, in my happiness factor, <laughs> which is wonderful. And also uh, with my businesses, I, I'm, I feel like a kid in a candy store. I don't really know what juicy bit to take on each day. It's, it's wonderful. Well, it's amazing to hear your story. And, you know, we didn't get into the details of it, but it would probably take a lot longer based on everything that you've been through. But I, I think the message I'm taking away from that, and hopefully our listeners are as well, is that your experience in your life creates the next step, the next door. And it's what you do with that, that really matters. And you've, you've come to a place where you're in a great space and you've, you're helping people in a, in a, in a grand way and, and up to some really really cool things. Let's, mm -hmm. let's talk about, you know, your, your coach, you do a number of things. You have your own coaching academy. You have 
different programs that you've created. I'd actually be really curious in, in hearing about some of the mistakes you made along the way that you would love to share with some of our listeners so they, they can maybe not make those mistakes in the future. And then we'll, then we'll get into some of the successful moves. Right. Oh, that's such a great question. Um, oh, my nerves. Um, well, first I would like to say, never be afraid to make a mistake, but, but do learn to really go within and get stronger and better at listening listening not only to perhaps the energy of God or the universe, but also to your own gut and intuition. And, you know, I would say one of the biggest mistakes I have made is with uh, partners, either personally or professionally, in that, you know, when, when you're really absolutely at your core, an optimist and, and, a, and a change agent and a game changer and a fire starter, which are some of my favorite words, you know, you want to believe the best in people. You, you need to be able to trust. But I would say in, in over the years, some of my biggest mistakes have absolutely been getting involved in, even though, of course, hindsight's always twenty twenty. But, you know, I can remember thinking, I'm not, this doesn't feel right for me. Whether it was just a business decision on where we're going in this business, or, you know, perhaps in a, in a marriage that that's failed, you know, just, it's just really, this is not me. I'm losing me. This just doesn't, this isn't the life. I, this isn't who I am. And so I would really listen to that and have the courage to step away from that. Mm. And it's, there's a lot of moving pieces, you know, not just in a business, but in a personal decision to leave a marriage, especially when there's children involved and family and everything else and money and finance, but really having the courage to trust in yourself and know that you can take it on. And again, in surrounding yourself with the right people, the circle of five, as Jim Rohn would say, and just really, really not just saying nice words that, you know, like a lot of us can do, um, but absolutely stepping into it. And, and that is not easy. Um, and there's some things that you probably need to get in place before you do that, starting with the way you think about things and really believe what you really believe deep down. I, I think that's a good, I mean, the partnership one's a good one because we work with a lot of coaches. We work with a lot of consultants. People in this industry typically band together and work together with people. And partnerships mm-hmm. are tough. You know, they, there's lots, I mean, Nikki and I, we're partners and, you know, we've done a lot of personal development. So we, we uh, both come at it with, uh, with an openness and, and a great communication, but it can be challenging. So what, what today, based on where you've been, what are, the, what are the factors or what are the things that you think about when you're starting to work with new people? Well, I absolutely, uh, I'm, try, I'm absolutely feeling it. I mean, it, it may seem woo-woo and flaky, and especially um, considering I deal a lot with, my, like 96% of my clients are executive men. And so when I first start talking this talk about energies and everything else and trusting your intuition, sometimes I get the eye roll, but they soon figure it out because there is hard science behind all of this. And so it's about just absolutely trusting myself and really feeling this energy from this person. And I need to be able to actually hear them. And they need to be able to hear me. And I mean on many levels before we ever do anything together. So 
it's about sort of doing a bit of an assessment. I mean, there's people that I love and oh my God, there's so much fun to be around. And if it's a speaking gig or, you know, it's a, a thing we're going to travel together, that's, that's fan. That's fan. I'm happy with that. That's great. You can learn so much from each other. But if we're coming into the fold to work together and our branding perhaps is going to merge, I really want to feel it. I want to feel it. And I want to feel it in my gut, my heart and my head. And, and they need to feel it too. And so sometimes, you know, there's been times when others, especially, you know, with this uh, academy, you know, I'm trying to bring coaches on to, to instruct and they really need to be or, or want to be, you know, within my idea of what, you know, a well-rounded, you know, omni-coach is. And to me, that's just a very well-rounded, I mean, you know, I'd like in my mind to do away with life coach, executive coach, personal coach, whatever. I would like everyone to be an omni-coach, which omni means all-encompassing. I'm also an equus coach. I work with horses, experiential type coaching, all of that. I I think it's fantastic. Say more about that, the horse thing. I like that. Oh, it's so beautiful. It's so powerful. Well, I I actually um, grew up with horses. I grew up showing horses. My parents raised horses. And so horses have always been a big part of my life. And uh, if you're an animal lover, you know that animals can teach us many things. But I find that horses and also dolphins, I've worked with a chiropractor in Florida, who works a lot with dolphins and I've done some um, retreats with her and it's, they're such powerful, intuitive, incredible animals. But with, with the Equus coaching, I have what's called a deal, it's called deal program, dynamic Equus leadership program. And it's about, you know, you, you're bringing some executives, we'll say typical, I've got, you know, eight executives in a round pen with four to six horses, and we're doing some work with the horses. And sometimes it's literally just standing with the horses and allowing the horses to read the energy. And it's sometimes, you know, I, you, I can coach, I remember I coached this one a Venezuelan, very strong, incredibly talented, very bright um, oil and gas VP um, for 18 months. And, you know, that that four-day off-site with the horses retreat, which is called the Man Cave Intensive, by the way, it's, a, it's another thing I do, What was the biggest eye-opener for him. I mean, the horse really gave him his feedback on how his leadership style and his behaviors are landing on his team. Because he was very directive. So a horse won't take that. I mean, they're a fight-flight type of animal. So don't push me, buddy. Like I'm 1,200 pounds of solid muscle, <laughs> you know, unless you mean it and you're going to follow through and and not sort of push and then back away, you're going to get hurt. So the horses are just, I mean, I could, it's so much to explain, but it's, it's, it's a very powerful way to teach basically how you're showing up in the world. Many therapists use horses with anorexics, uh, bulimics, with um, individuals that are um, suicidal, addicts. I mean, it's, it's, you can just Google equus therapy and it's, there's no end to it. They're just highly intuitive and give instant feedback. So there's no riding or anything. You're just in with the horses and then we do things like, you know, you've got to get the horse to do something. Um, without a halter or anything, just using your energy and using the way you walk and the way you stand and your body language. That's the way horses read in the herd. They, they read body language. So it's just a beautiful way. 
for clients to sort of get some lessons on how it is they show up. And it's, it's highly powerful. We um, had a guest on our podcast, I think two or three episodes uh, ago. Actually, it might be, end up being more by the time this gets, uh, this gets on, uh, on the air. But uh, her name was, uh, is Tracy Evans. She's actually a, a client in uh, one of the programs Michael and I run for Thought Leaders. And she runs a, a program for horses. And she goes into corporations and teaches them leadership through horses. And she's got exactly. a, she's exactly got Dream Wins Academy over here. And she's been doing that. And uh, it's really starting to take off since we started to work with her. So that's why I was really interested to hear what you had to say and what your take on it was. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. No, it's, it's, it's unbelievably powerful. And, and even if you've been a horsey person, and it's, it's not about that. It's not about riding. It's not about any of that. It's, it's, it's very different because even myself, when I was taking the training, you know, t- 10 years ago, you know, I sort of had the attitude of, okay, well, I have been around horses my whole life since I was three years old. Like, what, what, what do I, what's the deal here? But it's, it's not about that. It's about really letting the horse watch you and you watch the horse and giving feedback and getting to communicate. You know, my, what I used to compete in is dressage and dressage is a very highly technical riding practice, but the best dressage riders in the world, if you watch them and you'll see, you'll never see them cueing. It is absolutely intuitive. It is, it's a little bit of weight shift, but it is, they are connected and they are moving together using intuition. It's just the most beautiful thing in the world to watch. And so I, I'd love to um, chat with, with, with your friend. I just, I love um, to chat with Equus coaches. And it is, of course, very popular. Um, it's not new um, at all, but um, it's something, just another form of uh, coaching that I like to use as another tool in my toolbox. But, you know, there's many other um, experiential type coaching methodologies, um, but I love the Equus piece. Well, if you go on to some of the back episodes of the podcast and you look for Tracy Evans, mm-hmm. uh, she's, got a, um, she's got an interview that she did with us, which was absolutely wonderful. She's fantastic and uh, happy to connect you with her offline. So my next question for you uh, is this. Are listeners really interested in how you've come to take your position as an authority in your space and monetize it, make it commercial? So what have you done that's allowed you to do this? Mm. Well, I would say I'm absolutely still working on that every day, all day. I think I think what's really helped me is absolutely there is no end to the education. And so I loved in your intro that you mentioned all of my certifications because it's important to me and it, it is important to my clients. Uh, they just don't know it, perhaps. I think education and continuing your education is critical. I think the other sort of part of my secret sauce is the international presence that I've had and continue to have and will continue to have. Um, not just actually living physically in other countries, but continuing to travel and put myself out there internationally, mm. certainly online. And that is a big, a big growth piece for me right now. Um, at the moment, I'm rebranding. So my website is, 
is a one pager at the moment, but you know, that's a huge piece and a big piece and an important piece. And I think that's the focus for me in the next two years in a big way. And I think just continuing to connect with the right people. Mm. And, you know, I love people. And as you know, when we met at Brendan and I love Brendan, you know, I mean, I, I could just, I could just spend a whole year just attending events. And so it's about picking and choosing the right events and just picking and choosing the right for you and where your business wants to go. So perhaps it's not even feeling right right now, but where is it you want to go? So I know I work a lot with coaches with starting their practice and they sort of get in this worthiness space where, well, I couldn't attend that. I haven't even got a website. Well, where do you want to be? <laughs> so go hang out with those guys. So it's about sort of getting out of your comfort box and, and, and connecting with where you want to be. And, and I do continue to do that. So I would say those three things. I think it's I think it's the international um, presence and physical presence, not just online. I mean, that's great. I mean, that's fantastic. And absolutely, that's the way of the future. But you still need to be there physically, I believe, and have those connections on the ground, uh, especially for, for my what I do. For, for, for a coach, I mean, I think for what I do, I mean, that's great. You can meet me online. You can buy my products online and all the rest of it. But especially in the corporate world where I'm going to perhaps come in and we're going to do a four-day off-site on strategy or something because I do a lot of management consulting as well, um, which then probably spins into um, some coaching. I think you need to be ready to get on a plane and, and fly for 15 hours <laughs> and be on your game when you get there. But that's the way my business is structured. So those have been some of the key. Those are, there's some gold in there. There really Absolutely. I really like what you said about needing to physically be there and nurture and build those relationships. It's mm -hmm. funny, Michael and I have had uh, three other interviews we've already done today, and in each of those interviews, a variation of that theme has come up. So that tells us that, you know, that's very important. The mm -hmm. other thing that I really like about how you basically set the table for all this, Kelly Lee, is you talk about how important it is to be able to deliver your message in different ways. I mean, whether you do a talk, whether you do a four-day off-site, a training, whether you do one-on-one -on -one coaching, all of that is taking your expertise and making it available to people, but making it available in different ways. So you're delivering it in different ways, and that allows you to increase your income and also to reach more people and have a bigger impact. So I really, really like that aspect of what you uh, revealed to us as well. What we like to end off each episode with is we like to ask our guests, what are their three expert action steps? In a way, you already gave us three steps, but I'm going to ask you for three more expert action steps to close off the episode. Mm, that's a good one. First, and I think this is golden and a lot of high level, highly successful even. Um, but what if that's just the floor for you? Like what if, you know, there's more for you. And that would be really getting clean with yourself, like really clean with yourself. And I mean that as a coach, you know, I remember, you know, eight years ago, I was diagnosed with post-traumatic stress disorder, um, which also, you know, the equine coaching is also very effective in dealing with those type of clients. And so as a coach and being surrounded with therapists and other coaches, you know, you could, I'm mean, still a human being. 
And so I felt out of integrity and unethical continuing to coach at the level I was coaching when I needed to do some healing and some deep work on myself. And so it's about getting clean and allowing yourself to be seen, like really seen. And and as I say, that post-traumatic stress disorder, I think the world would be amazed how many individuals, not just vets and not just um, coming from, you know, I've done some work in Jordan with really people that have gone through some horrific things in life. But post-traumatic stress disorder, when you've gone through, especially some of the things that I've gone through, and there's lots of people in the world that have, is, is more common than people believe. So I think number one is getting really clean with yourself like really clean. And we can all say, especially as coaches, that we've done that and we continue to do our work, but I mean sparkling because that will come out and that will exude out of you. And so I can absolutely say that it, it's, it's been a big shift for me in the last six, eight years um, in really, really digging deep on that. Um, so that's number one. And then number two is like I just turned 50 a year ago and my big thing was, which is why my website's down and rebranding and doing a, really shifting a lot of things in my practice and in my companies is that I want to have more fun. I want mm. more freaking fun. I can, I can do management consulting all you, day girl. long. I could train coaches all day long. I can coach all day long. I want more fun and I want more reach and I want more impact and I want more meaning. And so I would say really not chasing the money because that absolutely the flaky saying the money will come. It will come and it may not come as much and or as fast as you want, but it will come. And guess what? You will get enjoyment out of it. And so that whole focus shift for me of more fun and more meaning is is not anything I take lightly or anyone who works with me takes lightly. That That's a big core value for me. And, and in my business as well. So that is huge. And, and also when I work with my executives, whether they run an, you know, an already multinational, you know, 50 year old company, it's about your piece in that business doesn't have meaning for you. If not, what are you doing there? And how do you shift it up? How do you change it up? Is it possible? If not, what are you doing there? And so that's a hard, that's hard, especially when there's, you're talking about money here, but really, I think it's critical. And the third is, which I really need to work on, (laughs) which I probably need to hire more experts to work with me on this, is because I am absolutely guilty of chasing shiny objects and, and trying to do everything. Because I'm interested, a true entrepreneur, I believe, has this sickness, which is I can do that. I can do that. I don't know how to do it right now, but I can do it. I'll figure it out. It's all good. <laughs> you know? And so, you know, when it's, oh my God, that's juicy. I want to get on a piece of that. I want to do that. Oh my God, that has such impact. And and even if it's just, um, you know, volunteer or charity, I mean, there's only so much of you to go around. So I think this one, I constantly am working on and not spreading yourself too thin. And, 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 and allowing yourself to perhaps still be involved with some of those shiny objects, but with others, not just yourself, putting yourself all out there. So those would be my three, what I've learned in my 50 years and to get to this level and hoping to continue to grow. Those would be my three sort of golden nuggets. If you hadn't told me your age, I'd never believe it. <laughs> 
you look way <laughs> younger. Those are fantastic expert action steps. We should talk offline about that whole shiny object thing. I'd be happy to give you some some <laughs> thoughts because that's one of the things we really do well for for the people inside of our uh, our program. This has been an absolutely fantastic and brilliant interview. Thank you so much for being on the show. It's been a real honor having you here and uh, uh, come back anytime. Look forward to chatting with you again. Wonderful. Thank you so much, Nikki. It's so great to connect again. And we will stay connected. I know that. And um, you have a fabulous day. We'll talk soon. Thank you. Take care. Oh, fantastic. Bye-bye. So, Michael, that was a very powerful interview. There was a lot of gold in what she had to share. I mean, her backstory of what happened to her. Oh, my God. I wouldn't wish that on anybody, right? I mean, No, no, absolutely. It'd be horrible. But she took that and she spun it into something powerful. And there was a lot of gold in what she said. First of all, she is a big proponent in learning. And God knows you and I are big proponents of learning as well. And we tell people, look, if you're going to be a thought leader, if you're going to have new, interesting, original thoughts, and that's what you're being or aspiring to be, you better be learning from other great thought leaders. You got to take courses. You got to do things like programs put on by people like Brendan Bouchard and Michael and myself and and Matt Church and, and Tony Robbins. It's really, really important. And Kelly really highlighted the importance of that, the importance of continuous learning. And she also talked about the importance of getting away from what she called shiny penny syndrome, right? Shiny object syndrome. Absolutely. And, and that was really, really important, powerful too. And I'm really impressed with how she has got this piece of thought leadership in a couple of different areas of focus, right? Uh, or as Matt Church would call it, two different clusters. And she's making them both work. She's doing speaking. She's doing one-on-one coaching. She's doing training of groups and, and delivery at that level. And she's obviously making a lot of money and having a lot of fun doing it. So there's a lot to learn from Kelly Lee Bennett. Yeah, absolutely. You know, she's been through a lot. She's keep on, you know, she just keeps on going at it. She's learning. She's made lots of mistakes, but she's also made lots of wins. And, you know, the big takeaway is build strong relationships with people inside that you trust, that have a like mind and go and, and it's going in a similar direction. It was, uh, it was great having her on. It really, really was. And we'd be remiss if we didn't speak about how people can use some of what Kelly talked about them using this powerful new download tool that we have. Tell the folks about it for a bit, Michael. Yeah, absolutely. The If we haven't already gone, and, and, and we've been talking about it now for a couple of weeks, but it's the uh, Market Authority Blueprint. Go to thebusinessofthoughtleadership.com forward slash authority. And what you're going to find there are 10 ways that you can position yourself in the market to become an authority. And what's great about being an authority is when people are searching you out for the great work that you do, you're able to, A, choose who you work with, and B, you're able to charge a premium for it in the marketplace. Business gets a lot more fun when your phone is ringing with clients that want to work with you. So go ahead, download that, and let us know what you think. You know what, Michael? That's really, really well said. And what's powerful about this tool is, of course, obviously, it's absolutely free, but it's it's all on one page. It's simple. You can, you can take it. You can digest it really easily and quickly, and you can take action on the ones that make most sense to you right away. So I encourage you to go ahead and do that. And as Michael said, it's at thebusinessofthoughtleadership.com forward slash authority, and that will be in the show notes. Thanks again. That wraps another episode of the Business of Thought Leadership podcast. If you'd like to get more information about today's guest, go to thebusinessofthoughtleadership.com. 
Until next time, goodbye. You've been listening to the Business of Thought Leadership with Nikki Ballou and Michael Palmer. For more information and to download the resources mentioned in this episode, please visit us at thebusinessofthoughtleadership.com. Thank you for listening. 